Okay, time for episode four. I really appreciate everybody who has been tuning in and listening, um, whether you are my friend or someone who I haven't met before. I really appreciate the time that you've taken to listen to me chatter about random topics. Uh, if you have any feedback, please feel free to email them in to dear4amfriend at gmail.com where the four is the number four. Everything else is spelled out. And or you can put it into the little question that usually pops up in Spotify if you are using Spotify as your platform. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok um, where you can send in any DMs or just take a look at my random little videos that I've been making and trying out. So I think the first thing to maybe address, I don't know, because I haven't heard myself talk on a recorded device, but it does sound like my voice is a bit closed off, and it is, but it's not because of a bad thing, like I'm not sick. Um, I just had a really, really awesome weekend uh, visiting some of my friends in New York and celebrating a friend's birthday. So I lost my voice <laughs> in that process because I was having too much fun singing to some good music and it's not always that when you go out that you get like a really good just music playlist going along in the in the club and having a really great DJ but this one was really good. I was hopping to every single song and sometimes I just needed a break but because I was having that much fun. So great, great time in New York. And in fact, that time really made me think about a topic that I think this would be a really good time to address. And that is a fairly new change in my life and it is sober curiosity. This is something that I think really gets popular around New Year's. Surprise, surprise, because it seems like it's a pretty resolution kind of thing for people to do. And I think in recent times, I think sober soberness and sober curiosity has really become a popular topic. Um, and even just noticing that change in businesses, in fact, because now when I go to dinner, I go to restaurants, I feel like there is no shortage of mocktails or even non-alcoholic wines and beverages like that that I don't traditionally see as non-alcoholic op um, options. Things that are so close to normal alcoholic drinks, um, but it isn't just soda or pop or whatever. So... I think that this would be a really interesting topic to discuss because alcohol tends to be a very prominent part of our lives, especially our social lives and our day-to-day -day lives, and um, I would like to share a little bit about my journey as someone who is a non-addict, as I'd call it, because I by no means was facing the challenges of addiction and if that is the case then I highly encourage um, if you are someone that is going through that and are trying to overcome addiction uh, I don't know if my podcast is necessarily going to be helpful to resolve your addiction but if you care to listen to my story feel free but um, I hope that 
you are able to use any and every resource out there to help you face that. But if otherwise, I, again, do not judge you if you do drink or don't drink. I think one thing that people don't really know about me or people don't realize about me is I do not consider myself a very judgmental person. Now, I my sense of humor tends to be very much like little Jess and things like that, but I never really take anything too seriously um, about what other people's preferences are, what they like to do, what they don't like to do. I am someone who is likely to be loyal to you to a fault, um, but I will always draw the line at if you are hurting someone else or significantly hurting yourself. Um, in those cases, of course, I will say something, but in general, I, I don't judge people for the decisions that they make in life. So point being, I am not judging you if you are someone that does enjoy a drink. This is absolutely not a situation where I'm trying to present myself as like, oh, I'm doing things like this, so you should too. Like, I'm doing things right, I'm doing it better. Absolutely not. I think everybody has a vice or vices in their life, and we pick and choose what they are. We have to own up to the decisions that we make in our life about what we like and what we don't like and what we choose to do. And I fully subscribe to that belief and this for me is my personal um, journey and, and as you will see in my story a lot of it is driven by my personal experiences and I think that is a really really important point to highlight. So my journey I think we need to start in my youth. To start off, one of the reasons I really call out the difference between where I am as a non-addict versus addiction is because it is something that I have seen and experienced in front of my eyes at a very young age. I had a very close family member that suffered from addiction and I think as someone who is part of that family, I also faced uh, the effects of addiction and I think that it is important to understand that I knew what alcohol can do to someone and how it can really destroy somebody's life and not just their life but also the lives of people around them especially when it gets really bad let me just yeah prefacing when it gets really bad I can see how it impacts people and the people around them. And I think that it is something that is important to consider when I was deciding how I would proceed with alcohol because going into college, I knew that this is something that would come up. And I also understood that being social came with almost an implication that you drank and that's how you make friends and how you connected with people is because you drink your shared experiences about drinking and and all of that um so I think that it is important 
to understand how these two things tend to be tied together and I think that comes up in a in a bit when I when I come towards my recent part of my journey. So at a young age this was very much a I've seen kind of the worst of alcohol. I've I understood how bad it can make you and and how how terrible it could probably feel. So as I mentioned when I went into college I wasn't really sure if I was ready to try it and also being a somewhat of a goody two-shoes I don't think that I was ready to try it before I really reached 21 so I really did virtually wait until I was 21 to have my first drink and so that was around what my junior year of college um so I remember my first experience it was really you know nothing bad to say I like I really experienced the effects of it very quickly and um you know whether that's head spins or whatever um and I the one thing that I I've I promised myself is I will never ever drink if I am upset this was because in my belief my in my beliefs it is that if i were going to drink when i'm upset i will start associating this item to being upset and will rely on it to make myself feel better and i do not want to associate alcohol with a negative emotion um so that is just one thing that i wasn't going to do because i didn't want to come to rely on it as medicine um so for me i was like only if i'm in a good mood i'm doing great then only will i allow myself to drink um and proceeding forward from there i enjoyed it on my social occasions i thoroughly lived my best senior year of college i enjoyed my prior summer um really really had a great time and um you know didn't really catch up to me and it's really weird because I feel like as college students when we're that young our bodies seem to be churning through these toxins like no tomorrow like I don't know how it was able to handle um the strain that we put on it whether it be through the strain of college and along with that partying it up on the weekends but um it did and and the body survives but as I think many know, later on, even just a couple years down, it definitely starts catching up to you and your health. So with that being said, going into senior year, I really, you know, your friends are moving on and I was just, you know, had had my fun. I, I did. And um, I think, you know, for the most part, it was very much uh contained kind of fun I guess and uh yeah no complaints one other thing to note is that I do not keep and buy alcohol in my home so what that means is that I don't ever buy a wine bottle and store it at home um to have during the week uh it is very much only if I am going to celebrate for a special occasion or I'm going for some specific event and it is presented there, I do not 
have it for day-to-day -day drinking. So it really was just um, allocated for the weekends. Um, after college, of course, the pandemic hit, so there was a bit of a break because I really wasn't meeting people. I didn't really have a social life, so I wasn't really drinking then at all. And as things started to open up, I moved to a new city to start my life as a independent uh, woman. And I was living in a completely new city where I barely knew people. And here presented my first challenge because I was trying to put myself into a lot more social situations. I wanted to meet a ton of people. And what that often means is you're going to a lot of parties and it's always good to have like a drink on hand or, you know, take a shot with a friend or whatever it is. And so that seemed to be a big way that people bonded and people think that you're fun and think that you are you know, you, are, you put out good energy is based on how well you're able to handle your alcohol. And not only that, it once the work uh, life started opening up more, a lot of social events are going to be happy hours. It's going to be traveling to work and then ending with maybe a dinner where everybody orders a drink or a glass of wine. And it just starts becoming such a norm. And you don't even realize it creeping up into your life to be that consistent. And I think that was definitely a... Uh, I think I knew that was going to be there. But I didn't realize, I guess, how much that was going to be there. Um, again, I don't think I was being a heavy drinker at all on a weekly basis at all um but I do think that it was there you know like because there were these events that would be consistently happening it was somebody's birthday or the other soon enough and some you know you have a very rough week and so you're like I'm ready to have a lot of fun this weekend what do you do for fun you go out you go out to a club you you have a pregame for it and and that just seems to be how it works or if you want to go network you're connecting with your boss and getting some work done you both sit around you order a glass of wine and that just he happens to be the way people connect and build their relationships so I think as a society alcohol really has cemented itself as a norm which is kind of crazy when you think about it, knowing that let's, you know, we can face the fact that alcohol isn't really a good thing, right? It, it is a drug. Um, it's a drug that's been normalized in society. And that in and of itself is, is kind of, kind of crazy. Um, so now we've come to me in this new city having, you know, moderate drinking on week to week whether it's a party or work or whatever um again I don't buy alcohol at home it's not something that generally I'm having during the weekdays necessarily unless it is a specific work event but I think at some point and and I don't attribute all of this to you know whatever drinking is but at, at some point I I realize like you know, you'd have a, such a fun night, but the next day I'm going to, like, my boxing class or I'm going to a workout class, and I am so tired. And that's what a hangover is. 
I'm sure. It, this was not something that I ever really experienced in college at all. And I think that's where it started to hit me like, oh, my body's catching up. It's starting to be tired of all of this. It's not able to handle that anymore. And I still remember a workout class where I was just, I was winded. And I was like, this, this isn't, this is no bueno. Like, we, we can't make this work. Um, and, and another point that I, that I forgot to mention is, um, even once I started drinking, one thing that I knew was that I didn't think that this was going to be something very permanent in my life. What I mean by that is I didn't want to be always, you know, be open to, to having a drink. Um, and I think there would come a point where it really got mostly phased out of my life, if not completely. Um, and I don't know why, but it, it just, I, I, to me, it didn't hold anything, any value beyond being a means to an end in a social setting or just you know playing into the fun literally that was it and so from from my perspective I was like well how long would I really need that for um I think then you know of course uh now we cut to the point where I'm like I'm tired because work has been hectic and I've had a rough rough year and that would be last year I came upon the conclusion that, you know, my health has suffered. And again, it's because I've had a ton of travel uh, for work. I'm not eating great. I'm barely moving because I'm so busy with work. And when I come back, I'm not cooking fresh food. I'm only getting food from outside. And then on top of that, I'll be um, going out to have fun with friends because how else am I going to even get a little bit of fun in my life and see my friends other than go do these sort of activities right so that right there um really really you know sucked the energy out of me and, and I came to a crossroads um by October November of last year where I decided that this this was it was time for a change in my health journey and I wanted to get into the best uh, both physical and mental health of my life. And the first thing that I wanted to do was I was just going to stop drinking. Um, and this was not very hard in my mind. You know, it's not like, oh, like I'm doing cold turkey. Like I, if I, if I didn't have a social plan on a weekend, I just wasn't going to be drinking like this. It wasn't like a, a goal that I was trying to hit every weekend. Um, I just, didn't really care about even having it on a day-to-day -day basis but my biggest concern again would be the social aspect of it and we will get to that in a little bit again so yes I decided to to stop drinking except for very very special occasions and that made me really think okay what is considered a special occasion um would it be birthdays uh no I think I think it really had to be like a once in a lifetime sort of thing and that doesn't mean I don't love my friends and their birthdays I will always show up and I will be present and I will try to bring all of my fun self as I can but if it's like a wedding for example or if it's if it's a bachelor rat party like those are some of the special occasions but again very much within reason and what that really does for me is makes it a very 
three to four times a year sort of occasion or five to six, whatever it is, rather than something that could happen possibly multiple times a month. I, I really like once a month to on average to less than that is, is really what I was going for because I was going to start putting a lot more effort into my diet and, um, the gym that I wasn't about to go counteract the effects of it with alcohol and, and really that is what it was doing. It was counteracting those effects. On top of that, one of the biggest things that I noticed is I felt very slowed down. I did not think that my mind was working as great as it could and it could be again a combination of many of the negative factors that were in my life but I realized that I wasn't as quick as I should or with my memory or just how quickly my brain I knew could and would work. I didn't think that it was happening and if I really wanted to focus on taking that fog away, taking that cloud away, then I was going to have to really, really push for this. So that I think actually was one of the biggest, biggest motivators for me into um, into this year when I just made this decision about sober curiosity. And on top of that, I really started watching a lot of TikToks and listening to a lot of podcasts about uh, people and their experience with sober curiosity. And I found those to be very, very helpful and really encouraging for me on my health journey because I found there were other people that were also on this journey and were also looking for ways to um, really take it out of their lives um, and losing the meaning of it. Um, and one of the things that I really began with was asking myself the why. And I knew my, my why, right? It was social social reasons like I have considered myself a extroverted introvert um, in that that I do come off as extroverted but I, I run shy I run very insecure at times and and because I want to fit in and I want to be fun I find that sometimes um, when I do enjoy being social and I have a drink or something I tend to be very talkative and friendly and make a lot of friends so I, I think maybe inadvertently I was making that connection there, but I didn't, again, something that I've always been driven by, I don't want to be dependent on a substance. I, I never want to feel like that. Um, anything other than my mindset um, should not be, should not be a driver. Um, so I wanted to push myself to just do it because listen, if I can't do it without alcohol, then maybe that's not me, right? That's that's just a fact that I have to accept. So somewhere I have to believe that who I am, if I have a few drinks and I'm being talkative, is somewhere inside of me without with or without those drinks. So I just need to continue to push myself and put myself in situations where I can allow myself to be sociable and and maybe I won't be and that's okay. I'll just accept who I am at my truest form then. And so the second thing was the idea of saying no and, um, it, you know, peer pressure, but I, I don't want it to say peer pressure because I don't want any of my friends to feel bad. Like that's not, that's not right. And then that wouldn't be my intention. Um, 
but I think my closest friends know that I don't like it when I get pushed when I say no. And one of the reasons why is because I don't like saying no to my friends when they ask me to do something or they want something of me. I want to meet their view of me. I want to meet their expectations of me. And and that is my why. Like that that right there, like that's what I should be solving for rather than rather than other things. And and that is the reason I did this exercise of the why because it helps me realize what I should be solving for within myself and my mindset. And so, you know, it is saying no to my friends and being okay with it. Because by saying that I get frustrated or upset with a friend for being pushy back, um, yes, I can understand where I find, I'm finding fault with my friend, but I cannot not take responsibility within myself because I need to realize that saying no is okay and not really care about the pushback that and that's just it that's just the long and short of it um me feeling guilty that's that's a problem that I need to solve for um me feeling like I can't be talkative and make a conversation and be as charismatic or whatever with with that alcohol that's a problem that I need to solve for um and and just me, myself only with my mindset. That is the problem at its core. So doing this exercise of figuring out the why I think really helped me understand where I could work on to just be a better person or be better at what I do. Um, and so I think that was really, that was really helpful. And I started focusing on that rather than now worrying about Oh, like not having alcohol at a social situations. And slowly I, I started, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll maneuver my way around it. Um, and, you know, I'll just have some cup of water instead or whatever. And sometimes I will just blatantly say no and keep pushing back. Um, but yes, I, I still, you know, do feel nervous when I know I need to prepare to say no, prepare to push back. And it's because I don't like saying no to my friends. I love my friends. I want them to have a really fun time with me too but um I've started to realize the importance of taking care of myself and putting that first and if there is someone that can't join me on that journey that's okay but I need to be okay with what they what they're hoping as well and not worry about that and not be concerned about why or why not they're supporting or not supporting me on my journey so with all that said, I, you know, started off into this year by by practicing some of these things. And I can confidently say it is one of the best decisions that I've made in my life. Because beyond beyond the health things, right? Beyond my mind getting clearer, the fog lifting, like feeling like I'm getting my brain back, beyond all of that, the biggest thing is I gained confidence in myself. I gained con I learned how to say no and stop being the people pleaser. This inadvertently, this this working on the why inadvertently pushed me to focus on what the core issue is with my mindset and one of those is my people pleasing tendencies. That was huge. 
Not only that, I also thought about how I come off in social situations and and pulling out of me the the talkative chatty person that I can be and thinking about okay so if I'm being a little bit more uninhibited and a little bit more carefree then be carefree um without the alcohol too just be carefree get your mindset trained train your mindset to be carefree and so I started working on that and and then finally, I knew that with alcohol, I always had the energy to stay up late at night and, and all of that. Um, I became comfortable with being okay, being tired. Listen, that's my body telling me that it's time for me to go home. And, and that's okay. That means I want to go home. One of the biggest things that I often hear when I discuss this journey with my friends is... But what about the fact that you're in your 20s and don't you want to live your 20s to your fullest? And that is a fair point and that is actually something that, you know, drove me to be okay with being, you know, a social drinker. But I think that for me at this age that I'm at, which is 26, I've come to a point where I don't really care about defining my 20s that way anymore. Um, I think I did, and I I had the most fun. I have no regrets up until now, right? Like, I have no regrets. I've had the most fun, but I feel like that I fulfilled that checkbox, and I'm happy. It's okay. Like, we're good. We're moving on, um, and I don't need that anymore. Instead, I'm looking for a different way of life. I'm looking for a way where it's a little bit slower and I'm okay going home and getting to bed early and getting a full rested sleep and waking up feeling energized. I'm okay maybe being a little bit quieter in these social situations. I'm okay saying no and making people unhappy. Um, but I am also okay occasionally um, enjoying a little drink, but really stopping that it there instead of you know being able to be a quote-unquote tank or whatever it is um I've I've come to terms with that and and I don't really care anymore and right now my my kind of motto instead of like thinking you're only this young once instead of having that mindset my mindset now is I want to feel this young when I'm 40 so really what I'm working towards is that um and the thing is I don't feel like I didn't experience it because I did and I I think I've experienced it enough right and um my goal now is to gain the same out of that experience but without having alcohol be the middleman for it and that's where I'm really working on my mindset so cut to this past weekend when I was in New York for my friend's birthday and here you know I I allowed myself I think like a really tiny little um drink on my friend's birthday uh barely anything and then I found myself able to be a up till the wee hours of, of the night, which I didn't expect myself to. By wee hours, I mean, for some, it, it isn't that late. But for me, I will say, 
I was one of the last few people still there, so, um, at, at the, at the club and at the party, so I would consider myself, uh, being still standing. Um, I was enjoying dancing the entire time, so I had the energy, um, and I was also able to chat and talk to everybody around me, and for me, that is such a empowering experience because it really helped me build my confidence a lot. It helped me build my confidence that, hey, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can um, do this social thing. And and I just need to, cont- and it's a work in progress. I need to continue to work on it. I need to continue to work on my mindset and think about, okay, what did I draw upon that day? Like, what was I, what was I doing? What are the behaviors and the thoughts that were in my head that was helping me be that way because at the end of the day um for me it worked and I was like okay this came pretty close to to what I you know what a social event is with alcohol and so you know what can I do how can I make this better right and another thing that I realized was that I a, I, you know, I, I love my sleep because the next day when I woke up, I felt like I was hungover, even though there was no case for me to be hungover. So, um, for me, lack of sleep has now become equivalent to a hangover or being drunk. Um, but I think that my energy can be really naturally derived from taking care of myself well rather than supplementing it with something that is not so good for me and I think I I don't think I'll be able to do this sort of like as an everyday thing but I think I'd be able to make this work um, in the occasions in which I need to push myself to be social and and have that sort of energy into the night um, but uh, in terms of like being a talkative person and being a charismatic person, that really does come from a mindset and comes from my confidence. And I think that is something that I that I'd been working on separately of this uh, topic during this year. And I feel like that must have really contributed to my comfortability and ease and talking to many new people around me and having good conversations and connecting with them while also being someone who displayed you know energy and good good energy so what does that future look like um well I have a couple special events coming and and I am prepared it's like I, I've like mentally allotted and prepared to perhaps have a drink or two at these events but it is not something that I feel like I need to um have a lot of or match anything too much um I really feel like I'm taking things in stride and I'm continuing to be a work in progress here. I'm continuing to work on saying no and not feeling guilty and not even really uh, thinking about it beforehand as I still do now where I'm like, okay, how will I navigate this situation and how will I say no? How will I sort of push back? How do I find a good middle ground? I'm getting to a point where it's becoming less and less of a thinking activity before the fact and more of me ready to just be myself and be me. And I, so far, am really happy with where I am 
and I am really happy with where my health is. Uh, for reference, I was getting sick all the time last year, and now this year, uh, I have not been getting that sick. So I think that's a that's an important change. One thing that I did forget to mention, um, but was absolutely pivotal in my journey this year because it is very actively preventing me or disgusting me towards alcohol is listening to the Huberman Labs podcast uh, on alcohol and its effects. Now, first of all, I only have great things to say about this podcast episode. It is incredible. I learned so much. I respect the amount of time and research that went into creating this podcast and and really uh, summarizing real research that has gone in to um, alcohol and its effects on the human body. So I really appreciate the knowledge that it shared. But I will say, listen to it, uh, you know, with caution, because I think that if you really truly understand what the podcast is trying to say and what the research is saying, you will realize um, why I might be having a hard time having another drink. Um, I think to say, to kind of keep it brief, um, because I don't want to, A, I think you should go listen to that podcast yourself. I can do no justice trying to summarize it myself. But B, I think you should only listen to it if you're ready to listen to it and ready to accept the the findings in this podcast. But I will summarize it in one sentence, and it is that it is covering the effects of alcohol um, on from research. But the the craziest thing to me about this research is that it is done on moderate drinkers, people who don't consider themselves addicts, people who do not have more than a couple drinks in a week. Yes, it is done on that population, meaning that the outcomes of the research is expected to corroborate for that very group. So if you fall into that, which a majority of folks out there do, then you will realize how the outcomes of that research, um, how serious that might be and how grave that might feel. And so I will say that really did help me on my journey. And I have to give that shout out there. Love that podcast. Love the Human Men Labs podcast in general. But that specific episode really helped me on the journey that I was on because that is a path that I have chosen for myself. And I knew what I was getting myself um, into and what I really wanted to learn out of it. So I hope that if you are on a similar journey or have been thinking about something similar or have been wondering what that experience would be like, um, I hope that um, A, this podcast has been helpful, but B, if you're really seriously thinking about it, then I really recommend that you listen to this that podcast by Huberman Labs and really, really strive to understand what the message he's trying to get across to you is. And from there, I think, figure out where you want to go because here's the thing I think as um as a human and as a as a consenting adult um you 
own 100% responsibility of what comes to you in life. Um, even if it's like out of your control, just accept what's coming into your life. And especially with things in control, accept the decisions that you're going to make. Know your information. Don't don't be completely naive. Um, you know, gather your data, gather your information. But from there, know that you've made the decision that you've made for whatever reason it might be. Um, and for me, I got the information. I understood the 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 data, and uh, I made I made my decision. Now, if my decision were to change in the future then i know then i know that i didn't go into a blind i i knew i knew exactly what i was getting into and i can't really blame anybody for that outcome so i think it is really important to understand that and um if you are looking to get that more information that is one place to start but of course um online i'm sure you can find a great many articles you can go read research papers yourselves and also please listen to the other podcasts that might be out there about being sober curious because those really had helped me uh, in my journey and I, and I really felt very positive listening to it um and i feel positive now no negative feelings towards the path that i've chosen for myself all right, that is all I had to share today about this uh, topic. Next week, I am going to be actually discussing some topics and questions that I've gotten from my listeners. So if you would like to be somebody to contribute to that, please feel free. A, you can leave a comment through the Spotify feature if you're listening to this on Spotify. B, you can follow me on Instagram and leave me a DM. Or C, you are free to email me on, on Gmail via dear4amfriend at gmail.com. And that is all spelled out, D-E-A-R, the number 4, A-M-F-R-I-E-N-D at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. Have a good rest of your week.